Blog Talk Radio. We now continue our study in the series Control Your Luck, treating upon the idea of how to control your life, your luck, and your circumstances. The title of today's lesson is an interrogatory sentence. Dumb luck or science? And repeat the question after me. Dumb luck or science? Which am I going to live by? And in this lesson, I'm giving you a three-part technique for getting what you want. The first text is from the Old Testament, the book of Habakkuk, the second chapter, the second verse. And I want you to repeat it after me. Thunder it back at me, in fact, as I shall read it. And the Lord answered me. And the Lord answered me. And said. And said. Write the vision. Write the vision. Make it plain. Make it plain. Write the vision. Make it plain. Write your dreams. Write your good desires. Write what you want to be. To do and to have. Make it plain. Write your goals. Make them plain. The next text is from the Gospel according to St. Mark, the 10th chapter, the 51st verse. These are the words of Jesus to the blind man that I love to talk about with a fair degree of regularity. The blind man who was crying after Jesus as he passed by in a great healing and blessing crusade. He had heard that There's a man going around making the lame walk, the dumb talk, the blind to see, and the deaf to hear. One day he heard this great noise. He heard a great crowd. And he said to those around him, well, what is all of this noise that I hear? What is all of this rejoicing that I hear? I believe I hear some hallelujahs. I believe I hear some glory to God. What is all of this? They said to him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And so he began to cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. They tried to hush him up, but he was the one that had the need. And as they tried to hush him up, he cried the more, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. But he really wasn't being very specific. Finally, Jesus said, bring him over here. Jesus said these words that we're reading for our text. These four words I choose from Jesus' response to the blind man who cried for mercy. And I'm going to have you thunder them back at me. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Now, I want you to say it word by word. What do you want? I want. Again, what do I want? All right. When you get home, take a whole piece of paper and let that be the heading. What do I want? And we're talking about living 
by science rather than by dumb luck. Learn how to live not by dumb luck, but by science and knowledge. Knowledge of the law, the law, the law of mind, the word of God. You don't have to live by dumb luck. So say with me, I don't have to live by dumb luck. Now, you know, the people who really depend on luck, they really don't want to take responsibility for making their lives what they want it to be. They don't want to take responsibility for themselves, but you can live by science, by knowing. The word science comes from the original Greek word, ginoski, or ginoski, which means to know. You can know what you want, and you can know how to get it, how to be it, to do it, and to have it. And that's what we're talking about today. I discovered some very interesting statistics. 75% of the people do not know what they want. I have discovered that perhaps the most confusing question to ask a person is, what do you want? Try it sometimes on somebody who's complaining. Well, things are not going right. I don't have this. I don't have that. I wanted to be this. I wanted to be that, but things didn't work out. Blah, 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 and boo, boo, boo. Well, just stop and cut right through and say, well, what do you want? I told you this some time ago. We were at a very luxurious French restaurant in Beverly Hills, and there were several people sitting at the table with me. And they brought out those big menus with some of everything on it that heart could desire. And one young man sat there and looked at that menu that had every suggestion almost imaginable on it. And finally, when it was his time to give his order, and the captain said to him, what do you want? He looked up bewildered and said, I don't know what I want. I want every one of you to know that life hands you a menu. Say with me, the menu of life is in my hand. Say it again, the menu of life is in my hand. And you see, God has placed the menu of life in your hand. Somewhere in the Old Testament, God says, Behold, I set before you both good and evil, death and life. And Joshua said, What? Choose you this day. I say the greatest cause for people not getting what they want is that they do not make a direct choice, a definite, positive choice. The menu of life is in your hand. And Jesus said to the blind man in the text we just read, What do you want that I should do unto you? I hear you praying. You see, that's another thing. Prayer that is not definite and positive is not good enough. It's a beautiful habit to go to church and, and to practice your various religious rituals that help you. But you must have a sense of direction. What are you doing it for? It isn't even enough to call Jesus unless you know your purpose. See, even the blind man was praying without a specific purpose stated except for mercy, which is rather general. We all need it every once in a while. But you've got to be specific because you can't eat mercy for breakfast. As I say, mercy is good. We all need it. 
And Jesus was really saying to the man who was praying, have mercy on me. He was really saying to him, man, you ain't said nothing yet. And the text, Jesus brought the man to a point of decision, a point of choice. And he said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And the Bible said, then Jesus touched his eyes and he received his sight. But he didn't get his prayers answered until he became definite and positive. Seventy-five percent of the people don't know what they want. This is a pathetic class who is dependent upon dumb luck. Well, I hope my luck holds out. And you look at other people who are definite and positive and who work toward what they want, both mentally and otherwise, and say, I wish I was that lucky. Lucky? You've got to be definite and positive in your choice. Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter and the 15th verse. See, I have set before thee this day life and good, death and evil. In other words, the menu of life is in your hand. Say that. The menu of life is in my hand. It's all set before you. You can be poor or you can be rich. If you want to be poor, don't blame anybody else. Just go on and be poor and don't complain. I'll never forget at Lovely Hill Baptist Church when I was a little boy. Lady sang the song, You've got to live forever somewhere either with the angels in heaven or the demons in hell. I made my choice. And I thought about that, and I think about that from time to time. Whenever fear or irritation or aggravation or negative emotions come to my mind. You see, because the demons in hell are not under the ground. The demons in hell are right in your mind. The heaven and hell are in you. You can choose either one. And I decide right there, I am not going to live with the demons of fear. I'm not going to live with the demons of irritation and aggravation. I'm going to live with the angels in heaven. And who are the angels? They're God's thoughts in the mind. The thoughts of good, thoughts of health, happiness, love, success, prosperity, yes, and that good old money. That's what I'm going to live with. And you see, every man, every mind has to live forever somewhere. The choice is yours. You've got to make a choice. What do you want? Well, I would like to be prosperous, but get your butt out of the way. And that's what people have been doing. They've been just butting their good away from them. Pick up that tape out before you go home by Reverend Ike. Get your butt out of the way and make a decision. Live by science, not by dumb luck. Now, here's another 15% of the people who know what they want, but they don't write it down. They're too busy working their butts off to work their minds. But to work the behind without working the mind is not very productive. That is so good, I'm going to say it again. Are you with me? Repeat it after me. To work the behind without working the mind is not very productive. Not very productive. Do I, I don't have time to write it down. You'd better stop and write it down. Now, there are 7% of the people who know what they want and they write it down. And the upper 3% of the people who get what they want do three things. If you want to be successful, Study successful people and practice monkey see, monkey do. And that's all right as long as monkey sees the right thing 
and monkey does the right thing. You just be sure that monkey sees the right thing and that monkey does the right thing. And I'm a believer in studying successful people, prosperous people, happy people. And to go behind that and say, hey, what principles is this person? What are the principles this person is using? You see, because it's not just dumb luck. There's principle behind it. The upper 3% of the people who get what they want do three things. Number one, what? They know what they want. People who go out to drill oil wells, there is no doubt about it. They know exactly what they want. I read the one time that most people are definite and positive is just usually when they go to the bathroom. Why? Because they know exactly what they have went to do. There's no doubt about it. They know exactly what their purpose is. So you think about this every time. You see, you can use that experience. <laughs> so that's a mundane experience. But it's a mundane experience that you can make something positive out of from now on. Every time you go there, it says, now I know exactly what I've come here to do. And this is exactly what I must know about everything in my life. So the people who get what they want, first of all, what? Know what they want. Secondly, they what? Write it down. And thirdly, they what? Review it frequently. So here are the three techniques for getting what you want. And these are techniques, these are ways and means that you are going to have to put to use. Know exactly what you want. Decide, see, feel, and say what you want. The old Pentecostal hymn says, Jesus on the main line. Tell him what you want. You see, it's not enough for Jesus to be on the main line. You must what? Tell him what you want. What do you want me to do for you? The master said, that I may receive my sight. Use your power of description to get what you want. You see, there is power in your describing what you want. That's why you are to know it, you are to write it down, and you are to review it frequently. I've told you one of the techniques that I've practiced over the past few months, and it's wonderful. I read all of my goals onto a tape recorder and recorded it. And I have nine auto-reverse tape recorders, and I've got it on both sides of the tape, various affirmations and so on, and I play it on the subliminal level all night, most every night. That helps me to review what I want. I don't say that I want so-and-so, I affirm that I have it. I feel that I already have it. I see that I already have it, so that I've impressed upon my subconscious mind that I already have what I want. And that's very interesting, you know, because every prayer contains the answer. Huh. Say that. Say to the person sitting next to you, your prayer contains the answer. Good to know that. Your prayer contains the answer. My mother used to sing the song, every prayer will find its answer. That's correct also, but it, it's better for me to say, my prayer contains the answer. Isn't that wonderful? If you pray a prayer for healing, that prayer contains the healing that it asks for. If you pray for prosperity, that prayer contains the prosperity that you pray for. 
I want you, this is going to help your prayer life a lot more. You see, because the moment that you pray, at the same time, you are to acknowledge the answer. It's time for Jessica and Tasia on Hindsight Radio. Peace, everyone. Welcome to the Divine Connection Show, where we want to divinely connect with you. We are your hosts, Jessica and Tasia. Um, peace, everyone. Hope everyone's having a good week. Um, I know I'm having a good week. I can't really complain. Um, haven't been, like, all up in the clouds like I was feeling, like, the previous weeks. But, I mean, no complaints. Except just trying to get on track with the diet. Fell off once the weekend hit last week. But, you know, I was doing a plant-based, or we were doing plant-based for a couple weeks. Um, for personal reasons, so it's kind of like we're in the right vein with Akeem and what he's doing. It, his is like a spiritual pool, and ours we're just listening to our body, and not, also we have health goals. So um, I'm not anti meat. Um, a lot of people that meet me because I'm like into health. Um, you know. They think that I am like a vegetarian or I'm going to be vegan or anything like that, but I doubt it because I have so many reasons why I've been there, done that with a lot of things. So um, I'm into like high quality meat though, um, which I have to identify and well, basically recognize that if I do eat out, that's not high quality at all. So basically, like, I mean, if you go, to rooster or like a a wing spot, it's uh, not going to be like free range chickens. So you got to know that you may be putting in some extra some chickens with some high hormone injections, antibiotics, and all that stuff. Yeah, so. and you just make your own food at home. We've done that and yeah, found some organic sauce that mimics the sauce that we really enjoyed at yeah. the restaurant. Yeah, there's a lot of alternatives out there. Some are pricey and then some are not. Like, when you just start substituting in little things, like, little by little, it's just before you know it, like, your cabinet's full of, like, vegan goodness. And not all vegan things are good. Like, I don't like getting – I don't like a lot of vegan meat. The soy. The yeah. Soy a lot of them are high in soy and um, a lot of uh, flour and wheat and all that. And I just don't really understand the point. I do understand the point, okay? I actually do. But um, also, like, I just, I mean, if I'm not going to eat meat, I don't want to, like, I don't know. It's just not for me, the faux meat thing. But I do like the ones that taste like veggies, good vegan burger, um, sausages, not the, not like Morningstar and all that, that really mimic meat because it's full of, it's, it's just so, I feel like a lot of the vegan mimics are, or vegan meat, mimics are um, so overly processed and they are so you might as well eat regular meat because it's actually healthier <laughs> as crazy as that sound because there's so many chemicals and toxins and like those other brands I won't just put it out there um, but anyway yeah so I'm just in that thing right now um, so we just um you know, trying to get on our health journey. Um, and if we don't give up meat, 
um, just eat cleaner. And then I'm not like, I don't have to have meat like every meal of the day. However many meals I try to eat or however meals, what am I trying to say? However many meals that I eat during the day, which is not always um, three. Mm-hmm. I eat when I feel hungry. So a lot of the times I don't even eat breakfast like people do early in the morning unless I'm, like, super hungry. But, um, yeah, so yeah, however many. Breakfasts are relatively light most mm-hmm. of the time. Yeah. Like a piece of fruit or, like, a um, shake, mm-hmm. like a shake. Mine's, like, tea or, like, just mm-hmm. whatever I feel like. it. But, yeah, so I'm just, like, one of those people I eat when I feel hungry. So, I mean, but there's benefits in doing, like, actively changing your diet and actively um, doing intermittent fasting that helps with weight loss. That's what I've learned, you know. Um, so, yeah, we're just trying to be better for our body. Yeah. You know, you got to listen to your body. You know when you're tired and when you're not, like, when you don't have mental clarity and things like that. So, yeah, you got to listen to it, listen to the spirit as it moves you mm-hmm. to, like, you know, eat cleaner and leaner, yeah. you know, and it's just like sometimes I just really don't desire it. I'm like, I don't want, you know, any meat. Like, there's certain places I go to, we go to, mm-hmm. I don't always eat meat in my, whatever they're making, like Piata bowl sometimes, or um, Chipotle, you get a vegetable bowl. Yeah, I get a vegetable bowl. I love their veggie bowl. Like, I just love how I get it made, but um, without the dairy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, without the dairy. But um, but even when I get meat in the Chipotle bowl, I just don't like a lot of meat. Like, you know, some people be loving it, like, oh, give me extra. <laughs> or, like, you know, people think they're doing you a favor by going for another spoon. I'm like, oh, I don't want any more meat on oh, mine. And I used to be like, give it away, mm-hmm. pick it out. But anyway, so. And another thing that's important with what we're doing um, is detoxing every so often. So I, I believe quarterly yeah, is a good a good practice for your body mm-hmm. to flush everything out, flush yeah. all those toxins and clean. Yeah, clean it's good to clean. Meat. If you don't, if you, it's good to have a cleanse. Like, if you're not on a regimen, think of it like as the seasons change. Mm-hmm. Do a detox cleanse, and not just oh, I took a pill here and there, or I just drank this tonic. No, you have to do it for a period of time. And you have to lighten your diet has to has to match it so that you can get the reap the benefits of it detoxing your actual organs and not just push flushing out your colon. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And this works for your mind, body and spirit. We should <laughs> Yeah. When we talk about you know what? Today, Tasia, I was thinking about a spiritual detox and I was thinking about how I need to go revisit that episode we did when we talked about it mm-hmm. and I'm probably am going to look for that that was one of the earlier ones that we did yeah so. earlier in the year but mm-hmm. it is so relevant to me for right now that um I really thought about that show and just knowing that I don't have my notes and stuff on hand I kind of just need to go back and re-listen to it myself so yeah but um one of yet, or do we have a question already? We have a caller. I don't know if that's on purpose or what, but before we dive into what we're going to talk about, we'll let you talk. Um, 
want to unmute them at 254-346. Hello, how's everybody doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing great, I'm doing great. Um, I noticed um, when I began to start watching you guys' show, um, there was a, a man that was preaching. All right. Reverend Ike. Uh, what's his name? Reverend Ike. Uh, how do I spell that? I K E. I K E. Mhm. Yes. Ike. Mhm. Okay. All right. That's perfect. Um. Yeah. Uh. See. You like what, what, you were what I definitely did, and then to hear what you both are saying, it correlates both together because the mind and the spirit has to be both on the same path. Uh, the mind and uh, the mind, the body, and the spirit has to be on the same level. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Sometimes if you don't eat right, sometimes if you don't eat good, sometimes your mind is miserable. If your mind is mm-hmm. miserable, sometimes your, your spirit is discombobulated. You're absolutely right. Yes, out of sync. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, and and to hear what he was saying, and then to jump into what you guys are saying, it goes hand in hand. And and um, like I was saying uh, on my uh, last interview, um, you guys uh, are. Can I say something to you? Go for it. We are returning back to a beginning of time. A lot of people are saying that we are in the end of time. No, the end of time is returning back to the beginning, where in which, and I would say this, and I have no shame to say this, um, like I was saying in my last interview, is that our empire before our fall stretched all the way from North Africa all the way to South and North America. Mm -hmm. It was our territory before we was invaded and went to war. And through that war, uh, we lost that war. We lost the Great War, you see. Even okay. our brothers and sisters that was over here in South America, today they call black Indians or whatsoever. We also, uh, I am Muskegee Creek, and I do know for a fact through the lineage and the bloodline and the history of my people that we fought a great war. And... Our empire stretched all the way from Africa, all the way from North and South America, into which I am developed into the person that I am today because of a great empire that has fallen. Okay. Before the fall okay. of our great empire, before the fall of our great empire, women was on the throne. A lot of people don't know this for a fact, and they always want to give credit because we are living in such a male chauvinistic world where we have been placed upon a male chauvinistic ruler, a male chauvinistic people. But I will say this to you, is that, is that women were sitting on the throne, had ideas, or uh, uh, had the mentality to conquer, um, had the mentality to rule, and a lot of people don't want to talk about this, but I will. And then when I turn around today in my day and I see in my day that, that, that young brothers are killing each other, uh, young men are out here killing one another, hating each other. You see what I'm saying? And then we're disrespecting, you know what I'm saying, uh, young men committing drive-bys and innocent children being killed. 
you're disrespecting children and you're disrespecting women. But I see, uh, I see uh, uh, us returning That's back true. to a beginning where mm-hmm. women are rising up. Mm-hmm. Telling the young black man, we love you. Have to convince the black man, you're strong, you're better than this. We love you, black man. But when the last time have you heard a black man say to you, I love you, black woman. Thank you for what you're doing. And somewhere in our ego as man, not just, I don't care what color man you is, black, white, yellow, green, somewhere in our mentality as man, we have been duped to believe that we are the alpha and the supreme on this planet. But I'm going to tell you something. There was a time when our black women was the alpha and the supreme on this planet. And to hear you guys teaching young black men about eating healthy, uh, 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 raising up, you know what I'm saying, the mentality of young black children to teach them that they are better than their oppressors and better than those that are around them that don't want to, you see what I'm saying, achieve and to and just only want to succumb uh, to the system. Yeah, we appreciate you see what I'm it. We appreciate oh, no it. doubt about it. And calling in. We got to wrap it up, though, because we got to touch some more points. No, so yeah, but yeah, wrap it up. Wrap it up with yeah. this right here. Wrap it up with this right here. In these times, I don't care what color you are. You could be white, black, yellow, or green. In these times, the earth is returning back to the beginning, where the woman was the ruler. So you got white women, right? Now you you can cut me off, but I'm I'm gonna say this right here. You got white women, oh. right? who are putting in the ear of white men, you see, that they okay. are, are better than than their, their, those that they are suppressing. And then you got the words of the black woman putting in the ear of their children. You are better than well, those that are oppressing you. So at the same time, you got women standing up, you see, speaking okay. something. But I believe that in my whole heart. It's the black woman that is the truth. <laughs> well, thank you. All right. Thank you. Okay. So um, we were going to touch on some other topics. Yeah, well, yeah about what's going on now. Um we have to address it. It's going on and it's affecting us, but um, the COVID cases that they're saying, it's rising. And in Ohio, they have put us um, on lockdown again. Well, they're highly encouraging us to stay inside. Stay at home um, but and um, yeah. curfew. They're doing the curfew thing. We're not the only ones that got curfew. Yeah. I mean, it's just highly encouraged. They can't send me to jail for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, and they say that, but... Yeah. But, um... Is that the same? Yes. So, with those cases, um, we were just wanted to bring light through the how history repeats itself. And this is not the first time in history that we've been through yeah. a pandemic. Obviously, there have been others, but um, about 100 years ago, uh, there was the Spanish flu. And um, that took place in 1918. Mm-hmm. So, 
with history repeating itself, we need to kind of look back and see what happened before to compare. We just wanted yeah. to compare today. Yeah, because back then they were wearing masks and things like that um, way back then. So, and then they were able to predict, like, the waves. So go ahead and talk to them about the waves the waves, yeah. and, the, like, the time frame. Yeah, it's interesting how the wave was um, for the Spanish flu because it started in March of 1918, which mm-hmm. it started – they started around that time. March, right? Yeah, March um, this year of 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so <laughs> with that being the first wave, I mean, you can't ignore that. Um, and then the second wave started in September, um, began to start September, mm-hmm. November. And that's September through November was the second wave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as predictable as it is, um, we all know, like, during the winter, they're going to say that everyone's getting sick and, the, you know, the numbers are going to go up because everybody's going to be sick with everything else. And what's going to happen when they get tested? They're going to be tested positive because we know, well, some of us know, if you learn from um, other reputable sources as to what can cause you to have a positive test. Um, but... And that's very scientific. I'm not that deep into that. Yeah, but. and then there's another um, interview that um, Dr. Daniels did mm-hmm. with a king that she may want to go back, and it was pretty much um, the result um, study case studies on uh, a family that had somebody had COVID and how that affected the family, which you need to go back and listen to that as one of what Dr. was she saying. She was pretty much saying that um, there was no correlation. One person had it, and it was a whole family that had it. I don't know the exact number it was, um, but they all being in the same household, it didn't spread to anybody else. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So that's what you're saying. It didn't have any correlation. I need you to clarify that. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, so we know that they're going to say – they say numbers go up, they go down. They say, oh, it's going to get hot, it's going to go down. I'm going to get, or, you know, numbers are going to drop because the, the heat kills it off. But then, then again, it did not, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then, so then the third wave back then in the ninth, early 1900s, there was, um, the third wave was January. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So going into the next year. And then there was another wave, right? Yeah, it was another wave, um, December of 19, um, and then it ended in April the following year. The following year, so. Like the whole pandemic ended in April 20. April 1920. Mm-hmm. So, so the first wave for the H1N1 was March 19. I mean, I'm sorry. March 1918, the mm-hmm. first wave, and then September through November, the second wave of that year, and then the next year, January 1919 was the third wave, mm-hmm. and then December 1919 through April 1920 was the fourth wave. The fourth wave, and then the Yeah, that was it. that, the ending of it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so anyway, we just wanted to just point that out. So for some people that may not have known, 
I knew about that since the beginning of the pandemic, but I didn't think to talk about it. Um, but yeah, so I just knew like certain things aren't necessarily new. I'm not saying that this this isn't the Spanish flu, but we already know I, we found government documents that coronavirus was what we found the document from 1996. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but I know that they said this is a different strain and all of that. So yeah, but anyway, um, so they created a vaccine for that, and that took years to develop Mm -hmm. from my understanding yeah so yeah um but you looked up some information about the new vaccine that they're going to have for COVID yeah and um ironically the same um guy um Pfizer he made a vaccine for the Spanish flu which was the um he made the vaccine for that one, and ironically, this is the company that's saying that. I'm they're saying, how is he still alive? Say you come on the same guy. The same, yeah, the same family, pretty much, but the same company. Okay. They have the currently, they're working on a vaccine for COVID, and they're saying that it's going to be complete by the end of December. But it doesn't seem really realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, saying it's ninety five ninety five percent effective. And um, I don't, they haven't really tested it, so we don't know. Mm-hmm. We do. I have seen that there are people that volunteer, that are, they have volunteers to test, <laughs> but that's, this is not enough time yeah, I'm, to test out to something test that's to supposed to help. What the long-term effects are, that's one thing, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So usually it takes, like, a good over five years for something to be mm-hmm. considered safe and effective. So considering COVID is supposed to be, a, you know, super deadly possibly, and then um, so let's get this, roll, you know, rolling and get this started. But some people might be harmed just by being the guinea pigs in the first running of this being distributed. Like people, I don't know. But I do know a lot of people are very afraid of it. Like, even in my profession, they're nervous about having to get the vaccine. They're scared. But they also feel like they have a gun to their head and they're not going to have a job if they don't get it, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's the part where it's like, how far are you willing to go with your life, or your freedom that you think you have or that you're trying to get or that you should have, like, we all were free, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, so, but we have remedy for that on um, the website, jtmuse.com, for the vaccine exemption template. Um, But, yeah, so... Yeah, and with the vaccine, um, to for it to develop, it takes years for them to create it. Like um, twenty-eight years at the longest, to eleven years at the minimum. Oh, so, for the other vaccine. For the other vaccine. So it took like twenty-eight years for the varicella vaccine, and then twenty-eight years for the flu myth to create that, or you know, the um, HPV was 15 years, human papillomavirus, 
and um, like even the pediatric combination is like 11 years. So, I mean, considering COVID started in primarily March, like is when it reached the surface of news. Um, and now the vaccine's going to start in possibly December. That's what they said. That is so, that's not even a year. No, um, typically it wouldn't be ready till November 30th. So I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I mean, you don't want to be the first to do, I mean, you know, whatever you want to do. There are plenty of people that are for vaccinations. There are people that are not for vaccinations. Vaccinations used to be helpful back in the day, you know, and then there's other, (laughs) and I say back in the day because way, way back. (laughs) It's like one of those things, like vaccinations used to be like to help you become immune to to a um, basically a sickness without it costing your life or you getting very ill, but now the stuff that they put in them are like not good. I mean, it used to not even be taboo. It used to not even be bad for you to have chicken pox. Like it was like back in the day, and I can say that because back in my day, like when I was a child, it was like, oh, if y'all got chicken pox, oh, let me bring my children over so they can get their chicken pox over with. Mm-hmm. So everybody can have yeah. chicken pox. <laughs> and it was like, the younger they are, the probably the better. Cause yeah, that was the thing. So that was you getting your immunity right there. Like, <laughs> so, I mean, it sounds crazy, but now it's like, no, you don't want your, you know, there people are like, I don't want my ch- child to have chicken pox, so I'm going to get the vac, you know, get them the vaccine. Mm-hmm. So my thing is, I, well, my dilemma is with all of that is you're just not going to die from it. Like, I had chicken pox. Um, I brought chick. I diagnosed myself. I was in kindergarten. Oh, you I diagnosed know. myself. I told my mom, I have this. I knew it. I had to miss a field trip. I was out for a week. I brought it home to my family. I missed a field trip, too. When I-, <laughs> <laughs> when I was, like, in uh, second grade. As, as soon as I got to the doctor, the lady looked at me. And she like saw like little area where I had started developing it, and then she's like, "Yep, there's chicken pox." And my whole family got it. My dad didn't want to come home. He's the only one. he didn't get it, but it was just like, you know, I mean, we were fine. We we're out of commission for a little bit, but but I know it could be worse if you're older and stuff like that. It really is like, I mean, then you get she, you know, there's a whole shingle thing that happened with, with um, older adults. I mean, I've seen a 13-year-old have shingles, so you never know, but it's painful. So, I mean, I get it, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, we were cool. Like, we itched, but I don't know. I'm like, do I want to do that? I mean, if it was, if it did what they say it was supposed to do, but there's just these other chemicals that they're putting in that's making me leery. And then also, I don't know if you guys um, ever seen the documentary called Vax. V-A-X-X-E-D, that will make you rethink some things. Like some people, um, some people um, have correlated children's disability or slower development and actually even death sometimes with people getting, um, children getting vaccinated. 
or, you know, it's just some horror stories. So um, it's just very interesting. And also, like, growing up, I didn't um, – we didn't have a lot of children that had autism as much as we have now. Like, I know it, can, it could be like, oh, the stuff wasn't discovered back then and all that. No. Like, it is, like, on the rise. Like, there are so many, and they've correlated some of these um, some of these um, shots with some with things like that, but also like cancer and it's just really crazy. And then when you start to dive deep into that, you're like, how is this world act really that cruel? This cruel to even go to great lengths to either whatever they whatever their rationale, population control, money, greed, whatever. It's just like how like. It's like people don't have souls. It's crazy, but um, but yeah. So yeah, I'm over. I'm looking at this chart right now, and it was just saying the childhood vaccinations that's recommended by the CDC. Um, from 1986, there was only 12 shots that they recommended, and then fast forward to 2019. Um. It's saying 54 shots are recommended. So mm. that's a high jump. But it looks like majority, like a, it's a whole lot that they're recommending to get the flu shot every year for um, children yeah. under 18. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's probably, it's not quite half, but a good majority of it, it's all flu shots. And I just thought that was interesting. To share to go from twelve to yeah that was that's very drastic um because she's looking at from nineteen eighty six I mean and that is going twelve shots over like um three at once but it's only Mm -hmm. like three like okay when you're two months here Mm -hmm. and then when you're like a year and a half there and then when you're like older toddler like me or four. Yeah, they started at two months. Yeah. Um but in now, the 80s, but now that day one. Day one. Yeah. Hepatitis B shot. Yeah, because I remember going to um nursing school and I didn't was that was that vaccinated? I was we had to I needed my shot record and then no we did a test to see we were te- we were able to test on ourselves if we were um, if we were immune, and I was like, oh, I'm not immune to Hep B, so I went on ahead and like all the jobs always offer it for free, so I was like, oh yeah, let me vaccinate, make sure I'm covered, you know, you never know, you're gonna get get stuck by a needle, you want to be covered, and um, I did that whole series, you know, and I I didn't need to, but. Even in 1986, you didn't have to have that until you didn't have to have that. Mm-hmm. But now, day one, yep, Hep B, or day, and then your second dose at one month. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just very interesting. Um, I mean, like I said, I'm not. It's just you just gotta like look into it. Like like I said, some people I have friends that are pro get the shot and then, you know, vaccinate it. 
um, plenty of people, you know what I mean? And then I have a few people that are like, no, and they've made it work for them and they and their children. So, I mean, you don't know who's vaccinated and who's not. You come in contact every day with people. So, I mean, before the world was the way it is right now, as far as like, oh, everybody's zombies and, you know, <laughs> You know, everybody's the same now yeah. because it's like, oh, we have to wear masks. So that's how you're all the same, you know, if you choose to wear a mask. But we have, yeah. So it's just, this is just something. Um, if you're not interested in, you know, getting that vaccine or if you work in the field where you feel that you have, you know, they're going to force you. I mean, pretty soon they're making it sound like there's going to be a way to know who is vaccinated, who's not, and those are going to be the people that don't have to wear the mask in the store and things like that because you're going to be able to scan and tell. I'm not sure how that's going to go into play, but, you know, I mean, it's not like we're a little bit more evolved than, you know, back then in uh, 1918 where, you know, eventually everybody just went back to normal uh, without wearing a mask. I don't know how long we're going to, you know, if we'll ever, I mean, you know, get back to normal or if it's just going to be this long stretch, you know, mm-hmm. it's going to cost something. It's going to cost us something. And then even for your kids, too, when, um, I mean, they sent, my daughter's school sent everybody back home. Um, but when they go back to school, they already sent me a list of vaccinations that she has to have. So just be prepared for that and make sure you make your decision of what you want to do mm-hmm. for your, your children. Um, and if you oppose it, then um, it would be really helpful to have that exemption form. Yeah, that we have on our website. All right, so that's um, that's pretty much the gist of what we wanted to discuss. And, um, you know... For everyone to just look into it here and there, I'm not going to say, like, overtake your mind with all of this stuff, but just definitely keep a peace about it and know within yourself what you're supposed to do and just go with that. But, like, look into it. Um, you don't got to jump on anybody's bandwagon, like, oh, I'm not going to get it because of this and that. Like, if you feel that, I don't know, I all I know, in my opinion, it's way too soon. But, um, yeah, but I know they're just saying they got, you know, the best working on this. Mm-hmm. But it's just not normal. So, and in science, I mean, just not even possible. You haven't even been able to test it for years yet. So, you know, but it's not the first time they did something like that. They did that with the Ebola and stuff like that, mm-hmm. so. You know, but we just want everybody to be safe out there and back on a lighter note. Make sure you're exercising. Make sure you're taking your vitamins. When you're, wherever you see that you're lacking, I've been in the house. But I barely got any sun this week, so I have to make sure I take my vitamin D at least, at the very least of all the rest of my vitamins and minerals. Um, and, you know, make sure those that are having, like, the more sedentary lifestyle affects your mental it affects your memory and it affects your life. It's like it's, it's, it's equal to smoking. So just make sure that we're just trying to do better 
and, you know, make better choices eating. Just let's just keep being positive. Let's continue. Like, why the world is crazy, you be at peace. You be your, you know, have a safe haven of your own. And if you have to just stick to yourself just to be in that space, and you can invite others to your peaceful space, but don't let them taint it with their issues that don't um, fit yours. Protect your space and protect your energy. If you feel that people are, that fear is rubbing off, that we know how that feels, that anxiety, that, oh, gosh, like, you know, the, the rushing of the heart and then the gut wrench feeling, the, the ill feeling. I mean, it's all in the mind. So you can release harmful chemicals into your body that's going to make you ache and have an ailment within yourself. So it's very important to have a peace of mind and whatever you got to do to get there and to protect it, whether it be listening to some soothing music, listening to some, I don't know, some popping music or jumping music, like something to get you going, get the blood flowing, dancing, meditating, praying, fasting, eating healthy, whatever makes you feel good. Like, I mean, eating healthy sometimes makes you feel good. If you do it for a long period mm-hmm. of time, even if you did fasting oh, yeah, for a long period of time, you don't always like it. But, I mean, in the beginning, it feels good. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But anyway, everybody... We appreciate your support. We appreciate um, you guys tuning in. And, yeah, so we weren't here a lot. We wasn't here last week, but it was a good week. Um, I had a lot going on. We did our engagement party and stuff like that, so that's why we weren't here. And I guess we won't be here next week because it's going to be a big holiday, even though (laughs) people are you know, staying away from their families, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's the Thanksgiving and I know people are going to be occupied and I know that, you know, I'll be occupied as well. So we won't be having a show next week, but make sure you tune in to every other show though that's going on from, you know, Sunday. What's that? Yep. We have Beth's show on Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Um, Raising Independent Thinkers, mm-hmm. that's on Sundays at 7. And then we have Bun Bay at 7 on Monday. Okay. Yep. And then Truth Tuesdays with Akeem L. And then Wednesdays we have Solomon's Temple at 10 a.m. And then um, our show is every Thursday at 7, except, you know, next week is Thanksgiving, so we won't be on. But then there's um, Akeem L. who's on Friday at 7. So everybody's at Seven except for um, Wednesdays. So make sure you check them out. Check us out. Go to our website and see what we have on there at jtmuse.com. jtmuse.com. And everyone, have a good night. Peace. We are continuing our series, How to Control Your Life, Your Luck, and Your Circumstances. Today's lesson is titled, How You Determine Your Own Luck.
how you determine your own luck. And I want to put it in the first person. I want you to say to yourself, how I determine my own luck. Say that. You see, the very subject is telling you something. The subject is telling me that I am the one who is determining my own luck, my own life, my own circumstances. And that's very interesting. And that's one of the major differences of our philosophy here. In this philosophy, there is nobody else to blame. Neither God in the sky, nor the devil in hell. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. Repeat that after me. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. I was reading magazines last night, and there was an article in there titled, What the Presidential Candidate Promised to Do for You. But here we don't sit around waiting for other people to do anything for us. We realize that we have the determining power of God over our lives within our own being. And we study the ways and means by which we may use that power for our own good and the good of everyone. So now we're going to consider for the next few minutes how you determine your own luck, how I determine my own luck. Say that, how I determine my own luck. So you see, there's a good thing about this too. It means that if I don't like my luck, if I don't like my conditions, if I don't like my circumstances, I can change them. And the big fallacy is to go around looking for somebody else to do for you what you want done. All the politicians will promise you the moon. But when you get right down to it, only you can change you. Now, we have several texts that we're going to read at the beginning of this lesson. And the first is from Reverend Ike, the 14th chapter and the third verse. And I'm going to have you thundered back at me for emphasis as I shall read it. Life meets me, life meets me. Just, like I meet life. just like I meet life. Think about that for a moment. Let's play with words for a moment and say it this way. Life meets me exactly the way I meet life. life Now from Isaiah, the 14th chapter, and the 24th verse. Surely as I have thought, so shall it come to pass. And as I have proposed, so shall it stand. Surely as I have thought. That's interesting. That brings it right to you, not as the Democrats have promised, or the Republicans, or the Communists. But repeat after me again. Surely as I have thought. So shall it come to pass. And as I 
I have proposed, so shall it stand. There's a text in the 12th chapter of Romans. Be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. Reverend Ike, you say that life meets me just like I meet life? Yes. And here's a statement of the law. The law is that you determine your own luck, your own fate, your own fortune and experience by the way you think and feel about yourself. Every man, every mind is a fortune teller. And I'm going to take a couple of minutes here to teach you how to tell your own fortune. The thoughts of your mind are always registering in and as your experience. That's why the scripture says, surely as I have thought, so shall it come to pass. And as I have proposed, so shall it stand. I may tell my own fortune by the way I meet life, by my own thinking and feeling about myself. If you want to know what's going to happen to you, right away ask yourself the question, how do I think and feel about myself? What do I think and feel about myself? Now you see, this is really mind reading in its truest sense. If you read the way you think and feel about yourself, you are at the same time reading your fortune. For surely as I have thought, so shall it come to pass. Life will not meet me any differently from the way I meet life. That's interesting. Here's another probing thought, and I'm going to have you repeat this interrogative statement after me. With what thoughts, feelings, attitudes, and ideas am I meeting life? With what thoughts, feelings, attitudes, and ideas am I meeting life? See, this is the question, the answer to which also tells your fortune. With what thoughts, feelings, attitudes, and ideas am I meeting life? Most of us encounter problems from time to time and don't feel bad when you encounter problems. The only people that don't encounter problems are people that are not trying to be, do, and have anything. It has been truly said that a successful person has more problems than the unsuccessful person. You see, but a successful person is successful because he has learned the art of overcoming problems. He has learned the art of applying solutions. And so if you have a problem, you can solve it by asking yourself the question, okay, I have a problem here, but let me find out what thoughts, feelings, and attitudes am I meeting life with at this particular time? What's my thought about myself? What's my feeling about myself? 
Do I feel that I am greater than this problem? Do I feel that the power of God in me is able to meet this problem? And ask yourself each day, how am I meeting life today? Say that. Say it for the second time. For the third time. And that's a good question to ask yourself the moment you wake up in the morning and to ask yourself through the morning while you're preparing to go out and meet today. How am I meeting life today? Say it again. With what thoughts am I meeting life today? What am I thinking about myself today? What am I feeling about myself today? And then the next process is to go on into what Reverend Ike describes. Reverend Ike has a series that says, tell your mind what to think. Tell your feelings how to feel. Tell your body how to react. It's a good question to ask yourself. How am I feeling about myself? Say that. Do you know something, ladies and gentlemen? Nothing really matters except what you think and feel about yourself. If you think right about yourself, if you feel right about yourself, you will make it. I mean, it's just that simple yet that profound. What am I thinking and feeling about myself? What am I thinking and feeling about my health? What am I thinking and feeling about my luck? You know why people have bad luck? Because they feel bad luck. They think bad luck. It's that simple. You cannot have bad luck unless you think bad luck and feel bad luck. If you want to stop having bad luck, stop thinking bad luck and stop feeling bad luck. Like I know that about 99% of the people who say, well, somebody's trying to do something to me. Nobody's trying to do anything to you. You're doing it to yourself by feeling that somebody's doing something to you. And whether it's a fact or not, if you feel it, surely as I have thought, so shall it come to pass. The way you think and feel about yourself determines the way you think and feel about other people. Oops. The way you think and feel about yourself determines the way you think and feel about others and the way you experience other people and things. If you are down on yourself, you'll be down on people and things, and people and things will be down on you. Don't be a downer. Say that. And every time you catch your mind thinking down, what are you going to say to it? Don't be a downer. Every time you catch your feelings feeling down, what are you going to say to them? Don't be a downer. You see, you have to take charge. You have to take control. The God in you says what? Command you me. And every person has to learn to command the powers of his mind, the thinking of his mind, the feeling of his mind. And I'm going to say it in a slightly rough way. Do you know you have to learn how to positively kick your own behind? Some of you, that's exactly what you need. You need to kick your own behind. If I catch myself thinking or feeling something that I know is a downer, I say to myself, you know better than that. If you don't learn how to positively kick your own behind to get yourself back in line, the world will kick it for you. And hard. And that's the answer to that old song that they call a spiritual, but it's really a blues. Why am I treated so bad? 
Now, I'm going to give you another great mystic secret. The truth is that nobody can really treat you bad unless you treat yourself bad. If somebody else treats you bad, it's a reflection of somehow the way that you're treating yourself in your thinking and feeling nature. Other people, by the way they treat us, tell us how we are treating ourselves within. I remember the statement that I used to hear a minister make. He used to say, nobody likes a bulldog, but they respect his teeth. And there is just something about a bulldog. The way that dog walks, holds his head, and bears his teeth that tells you, don't mess with me. There is also a certain self-depreciating way of thinking and feeling that tells people, step on me. You see, a lot of Christian people don't know the difference between being meek and being weak. Don't be a downer. Don't down yourself and nobody else can down you. A lot of people try to put you down, you look and laugh like I do. I heard several discussions of Reverend Ike on several television programs while I was in Los Angeles and had time to watch the religious program. When somebody tries to put me down, I laugh about it. I think it's funny. Why? Because I know the truth about myself. I know who I am in God and who God is in me. This is going to be a work session. Let's put these principles to work. You see, the prayer treatment follows. And we don't simply tell you the principles here. We practice the principles with you. Let's do something about them. We've got the law. Now let's serve the law of the Lord. Let's put it to work. See, the king works. But you've got to work with the king. A man met me in a store down in Bal Harbor, Florida the other day. He said, oh, Reverend Ike, I'm from San Francisco. And he says, I've been writing to you. He says, I, I even got you a little red prayer cloth, and I rubbed it, but it didn't work. So I said to him, that's because you didn't rub it the right way. You have to rub it on your mind, because it is to remind you of the power of God within your own soul. The stuff works for people who work with the stuff. I just told you about the stuff. I just told you that life meets me just like I meet life. Say that. Life meets me just like I meet life. And see, that's the key. That's the thing. That's the stuff. That's the law. Now, life cannot meet me any other way except the way I meet life. Say it that way. Life cannot meet me any other way except the way that I meet life. And there's the thing. It's the naked thing. Buck naked. It's that simple yet that profound. It's what thoughts and feelings about yourself are you meeting life. What you thought about yourself. What you're feeling about yourself as you meet life. Don't you dare go out to meet life or to meet the day without cross-examining yourself and making sure that your thoughts and your feelings about yourself are right. I mean, how can you go out into life 